0: Uh, 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 uh. Tundra! Uh, 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 uh. Tundra! Okay, uh, okay. Uh. no, Brody, no,
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> my goodness, no. Don, that was a very
0: questionable
1: <laughs> thunderstruck. Alright, guys, That's I come all the way out here for this big episode. <laughs> you woke <will get> up <laughs> super early for
2: us to pull that on you.
1: Yes, I, it's my day off i apologize for
0: nothing
2: yeah i know that's why i love you i didn't apologize i was just merely pointing out that this is what he woke up for
0: to continue my unprofessionalism could you send
2: me the show notes (laughs) i can do that i got i'll do that real quick
1: yeah okay guys well he's getting that together welcome to the science of pokemon this is me veteran lucas the dude asking for notes is fisherman don howdy ho and the man getting the note, that's cameraman Chris. I've been saying howdy too much. I want
0: to say howdy less on this episode. I mean,
1: we'll limit it. I wish we had like a video where we could just have a howdy meter. It's just a little chibi Don with like a thumbs up, and it's just like the howdy meter just keeps going up. It's a good word, though. I like howdy. It's
0: just good. It's yeah, howdy, It's a good word. Uh,
1: in case you haven't figured it out yet by the name of the episode or whatever Don just did, uh, this is the episode we're just going to pile up every new pokemon from the crown tundra and we're just going to talk about all of them there's nothing else connecting them aside from the fact that they're part of the dlc this is going to be a long one strap in hat let's have some fun are you guys ready buckle up buckaroos oh my god go back to howdy cue the music and go back to howdy <laughs> <laughs> Tundra! Okay, so for the science news, uh, I posted this article on our little group thing. Apparently, the platypus picked up a new superpower. Hooray! What does it do? Well, aside from being able to sense electricity with its bill and lay eggs and have venomous back spurs on the males, now apparently it is biofluorescent. So this thing can literally glow under UV lights.
2: Wait, how did we not know
1: this? So most people don't check. Mammals for that ability. They only recently started doing it to see animals. You don't just go over in UV lights, but apparently they were at a museum and they just decided to do it. And they found out that similar to how flying squirrels, for some reason, glow pink under ultraviolet light, platypuses are going to grow, glow a light green of sorts, kind of like Perry the platypus from Phidias and Ferb.
2: So what you're telling me is someone had a couple drinks at the company party and started walking around, shining the bioluminescence light on it, seeing what would glow. Did this glow? and
0: like, oh mate, let's have it. Let's, let's have it. You're relying on that platypus.
1: Mate, I bet I will. Bet I'll do it. Watch me. Watch me do it now. I
2: <laughs> hope we don't have any listeners in Australia. We do.
0: Yeah, I know people in Australia listen to it. I apologize. <laughs> you are, I don't apologize for my accent. <laughs>
1: In any case, it's another cool adaptation. The thing that we think it's for is to try and help the platypus identify others of its kind underwater. It lives in super murky conditions. So we believe that it's able to see each other a little bit better under that water. But it has prompted more people to say, well, what other animals, what other mammals are sensitive to UV light and change that color? So. This discovery could lead to more discoveries and help us understand a little bit more about how animals survive in low light conditions. Again, we used to think that only fish and certain other things can do it. But recently we found sharks and sea turtles. And now we can add platypus to the list of weird nonsense that nature can do.
2: Yay! Glowing things. Platypus is just like the Swiss army knife of nature. Honestly, I feel like it's nature's test kitchen is
1: just this one animal just to see what would happen. It's like the
0: platypus and the octopus I almost feel like are like both up there with just like oh it also does this. It it's like that twelve
1: year old kid who makes up who's playing imaginary fighting games and makes up a new superpower. Like, no, no, but 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 it can also glow in the dark and, and, and it has venomous feet and, and it it's nose can, can glow in the dark and, and
0: Billy that went to middle school with me, you know who you are. I resent you, because you did that every time.
2: I feel like next week we're going to learn that the Platypus can fly. That'd be sick. All right, what do we have Pokemon-related, aside from the fact that DLC came out? Oh, we got Player's Cup, too. Oh, yeah. I didn't make the cut, but Don did. Congrats, Don. Thank you. I um I used a team that I
0: shamelessly stole from my friend Adi, who's better at building than me. But I did the best with the team, so suck it but no i have i have no idea no idea what i will be using this weekend i would like that that to be on the record i second
2: hand stole the team from don well don also sent me the team
0: i gave you a version of the team that wasn't the final version of the team and by the time like i sent you that one the tournament had already started
2: but i i still did pretty solid with it i just didn't know not to do all the battles yeah honestly yeah i think
0: because well you were you were above the cutoff at one point and I think but you kept on going that was my fault for not being more clear with it
2: I was up to sixteen eighty yeah yeah
0: because sixteen fifty was the cutoff so you would have been
2: so I just played myself out of it yeah I mean
0: at the same time you know that you're like you're good enough to get back to that point so that's not yeah. the uh, the end of the world and I know there's the players cup two players cup two we can assume there will probably be a players cup three or like yeah so yeah i think we're still um yeah, i don't know what to use for the next round since now we're series seven metagross is really good i keep using dumb things with like nihilego sun probably won't do that <laughs> this weekend but i don't know i have no idea what i'm using
1: what i've done is just i've taken both your team's ideas that you give me and slapped them into one team and hope they work
0: because you just smash big damage big num- big number good <laughs> and that's basically <laughs> lucas's method of playing
1: it's it's not wrong. like, "Oh, how high can I make this attack stat go?"
0: Yeah, Power Herb Nelego is like sick when it when it works. It yeah. Nelego's such a weird mon cuz it either it either just wins the game or it instantly dies. There's like no in between for it. I switched
2: to Credilly because of it, and that's been working great.
0: Credilly for like Nelego? Yeah. I'm confused, but okay. It still
2: gets
1: meteor beam. And it also has some type coverage to help it out.
2: Yeah, but it's like, it's so slow. Oh, it's very slow, but I swap it in when there's a Tapu Fini out there, so it gets a boost. But big number. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so do we have any Pogo news? nor Chris, you know more about this than I do.
0: Chris, you know things.
2: We have Double Community Day in November. Yeah, we have a an Electabuzz. Community Day oh boy, and a Magmar Community Day. I just wasted a set of stone evolving a thing. They actually get pretty good uh, Community Day moves. Give me one second. I for- completely forgot about this. So Electabuzz, if you evolve it, will learn Flamethrower. And Magmar, if you evolve it, will learn Thunderbolt.
1: Electivire's like my second favorite Pokemon. And I already have one that's big and dangerous. So I'm just waiting so I can bring him from Poco Poco to the real games.
2: Honestly, the thing that I'm actually very excited about is for the Battle League, they announced more themed cups because we just had the Halloween one. Mm -hmm. And the one of the ones is called, uh, I think it's called the Little Cup. But basically, the restrictions are you can only use Pokemon whose uh, CP is lower than 500, and it has to be able to evolve, but can't have evolved.
0: Oh, that's, I don't know, yeah, we're adding Little Cup to that. That's pretty cool. That's adorable. I'm also, unless all of that, Pokemon Snap, let's go. Come on, give us a release date.
2: Well, there's no news. We just want it.
0: Yeah,
1: every time we were every time I hear an episode that you guys do and Dom brings it up, I'm just literally sitting like, yeah, exactly. Where's my Pokemon Snap? I get it, Pokemon. You don't want to discourage people from getting the DLC so they spend their money on other things. And I also understand that with a global pandemic, it's making making games for Nintendo super difficult. But I am a
2: millennial and I deserve it. I want it. All right, uh, Lucas, why don't you take us to the topic? All right.
1: First thing I want to get out of the way. The fact that the tundra is in the south of Galler is weird. Just
2: want that out of the way right now.
0: Yeah, it is, they me flopped.
2: It, like, again. But is, is that, is it because, like, would it happen to be, like, relative to where it is on, like, the world?
1: I mean, that's not how like maps work, though. Like maps, typically, we always try and face them where we weren't actually going. It's not like, oh, we flipped it so south is north and north is south. You know, as a joke, it's it's weird. It's weird that's like. That so they there are it, no tundras in the southern hemisphere. There are. There is one tundra that I know. There are. Okay, there's there's one major tundra in the summer southern hemisphere, but okay, I'll explain. The actual tundra we see in the crown tundra isn't exactly a tundra. So a tundra comes from a Russian word, and it literally translates to treeless mountain track. So it's basically an area where there's little to no precipitation, there's poor soil, there's no tree life of any kind. The number one kind of thing you're going to see are mosses, shrubs, and smaller animals that can live off them. It sounds like a pretty unforgiving place. It is. That's why it's coming from a Russian word. There are two types of tundras. There are Arctic tundras and Alpine tundras. So Arctic tundras, when you think of like the bleak hopelessness of walking around Antarctica, that's an Arctic tundra. If you think of going up to like a bleak mountain that's cold with no plant life of any kind, that's an Alpine tundra. The crown tundra is neither because the second you walk out of that train station, you start seeing trees. And also it's snowing. That's a big thing people don't understand is that if it's snowing, then it's it might not really be a tundra. The average precipitation for a tundra is 10 inches a year. Florida gets that anytime it gets a little too humid. We get 10 inches, not even from the rain, just from the basic humidity. A little humidity. too
0: humid? you mean every single month there is?
1: <laughs> yes. I miss it desperately while I'm here.
0: It's important to realize that Scotland, It's though, actually getting down the line. It's getting into the 50s tonight. We're very excited.
1: Oh yeah! Oh, there's probably like there'd be parties and dancing in the streets. Like it's fifty. We 50. had a fire
0: in the backyard. It was a great festivity, dude.
1: It's
2: thirty degrees up
0: here. I'm freezing.
1: Cry about it. Anyway, Scotland does have tundras. It does have an uh, does have an alpine tundras called the. Uh, I'm gonna mispronounce Cairngorm. The Cairngorms. Cairngorm. All right. The Cairngorm. Are, it's a home of mountain ranges that provide excellent skiing opportunities, but is also home to really unique wildlife that only lives in that Scottish area. And you can also see the remains of what used to be a temperate rainforest. So it's a they, Scotland does have tundras, and on that note, the Crown Tundra is Scotland. Like that is one hundred percent. Have we established
2: that that Galler is kind of just UK flipped upside
1: down? I mean, if it we should now. I mean the. The only thing that's out of place is the Isle of Armour, and that's basically Hong Kong. I don't know why it's next to it, but it's still there. In any case, um, with Scot- with it being Scotland, it is cool to go over some of that history of Scotland because Scotland a lot of times gets forgotten in history. Whenever we talk about any sort of history about the UK and France and the many Squa Scotland gets left out unless you're from that area. Scotland is a terrifyingly wonderful place. The first people to really claim Scotland as Scotland were the Pictish people. These people were so scary that the reason that Rome built Hadrian's Wall was not only to mark their territory, but also to show, hi, our areas where civilization is, and on the other side are the future Scots. They're too crazy and dangerous. I don't want to go near them. That alone should tell you how tough these people are.
0: Do you think when they got to the wall, they were like,
1: Hadrian! (laughs) no i wanted to raid some more i mean they did like they still raided over the wall and back but the hadrian's wall was basically designed to be like i don't want to mess with these people so we're just going to build a wall and forget they're there we don't want them anywhere near us i I mean it was only like
2: 15 feet tall right it was but it's still remember people were shorter back then yes people were (laughs) shorter than (laughs) yeah but they had ladders I've got a 15-foot ladder in my backyard.
0: Well, you would have been a god back in the day with a 15-foot ladder. <laughs> I would have been a god! <laughs> That's li- I just imagine
1: you, like, it was a time machine, like, ah, did you bring weapons from the future? No, better. And you just bring out a DeWalt ladder. <laughs> and then conquered the world. In any case, the Pictish people, 10% of all Scots defend- descend from these people, and over time, the Pictish divided into their own little kingdom. One of them was called the Scotty, and that's where the name comes from, of Scotland and the Scottish people. Eventually, uh, thanks to the Vikings showing up, they did eventually form one singular kingdom to fight off the Vikings, which was then taken over from England by England right after, although eventually through war, politics, a William Wallace, and a whole lot of other issues I don't have time to get into, uh, they did earn their independence in the 1300s, but then came back to the UK and came back to form um, England and the Great Britain in the 1700s because they just wanted to try and amass and become this one singular power. Again, there's a lot of history to Scotland I don't have the time for, but it's important to realize there's a lot of it, and the Scots are some of the toughest people in Europe. I mean, I say that knowing of all the other tough people in Europe too. Of course, you can't mention uh, the Scottish or the UK or Ireland without bringing up the Celts. Uh, We mentioned this before, but the Celts are not like originating from Britain. They actually originated in um, Eastern Europe and then made their way across. They even sacked Rome a few times, but they made their way to the British Isles and made their home there about about 1,200 B.C. So it's interesting to see that that culture still thrived there, not just in Ireland, where it's most famous but also in places like Scotland through music, art, dance, even rent fairs. You can still see that stuff around today. It's it's amazing how much that it stayed a part of it. Uh, we'll go into it more later, but horses were a major part of Celtic culture. The only deity the Romans ever worshipped that was Celtic was Epona, which was the protector of horses and donkeys. So again, it shows just how important it was to these people.
0: And also the best a game horse. Yeah,
1: no, uh, hands down that was that's every I mean, you can always have your Skyrim horses, but you can always buy a new one. There's only one Ethan now.
2: I don't think that was the song, Don.
0: That wasn't the song at all. I'm sorry.
2: Don can't do songs. He can do
1: many things. He cannot do songs.
0: I I am not good at the songs.
1: Now, when you look at the Crown Tundra in general, I it, I would be pretty pretty bad at this if i did not mention the giant yggdrasil looking dead tree that's up on the mountaintop
2: yeah when this trailer first came out i thought it was going to be very heavy nordic themed because i was like that is yggdrasil do you know can you explain to the people what yggdrasil is very very roughly but basically it is in norse mythology it's the world tree but basically it's it's the linking. it's the tree that links the nine worlds in norse mythology I mean, everything
1: I've learned about Yggdrasil comes from a mix of Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, uh, the new God of War, and uh, Thor. That's about it. That's where
2: everyone I mean, they're not like entirely wrong, but they're, I mean, they obviously take like, they take liberties, but like, you know, whatever. It, It is, I do know that it's an ash tree.
1: It is an ash. Okay, so we know what kind of tree. I don't know what kind of tree is making those super berries that the legendary birds are eating off of. I just know that I probably wouldn't be able to go after them. Like, not not those three. That's way too big. Again, with the gal- with the Crown Tundra itself, it is a really cool addition to the Pokemon world, honestly. I think we'll talk about it more on Patreon. But it is an interesting addition to the game. It is nice to get, like, some of the old mons back. And I'm really excited to talk about some of these new Pokemon. So let's just dive right into it.
2: So we're talking Pokemon now, Lucas. Can you please shed some light on what is my current nightmare fuel, which is Gallar Slowking?
1: Oh, that beauty! Yeah, it's weird. It's beautiful and weird. So what tends to what seems to happen is that shelter went from being like a hindrance parasite to like thinking like the parasite who just kind of latches on like a tapeworm and causes you to like slow down. It turned into a really malignant one like those brain taking over funguses that kill ants cordyceps thank you what happens is apparently according to the dex the shelter bit onto its head and exude toxins into the brain which caused it to take over. So it is just like parasect in that that slow king ain't a slow king anymore. It's just the what it's it's just a parasitic shelter holding onto it and making it do stuff.
2: I have issues with this because why did they just out of nowhere make shelter have venom? I mean, yeah, I
1: don't know. I I looked into this. I could not find any bivalves. valves. Any animals with, like, two shells, like a clam or anything, that was toxic. I have found some that were parasitic, but only during a certain portion of their life cycle where they hang out inside of them. You a know that,
0: the muscle that does the worm thing?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, there, there are muscles that will literally that have a worm-like state that will hang out inside a fish and cause other problems. But none of them take over the body and make it do stuff. It's horrifying.
2: This was just a, we need a new slow king. I don't know. Let's put it on its head because we've put it on its arm and we put it on its tail. That's the only body part left. Really just take over the head again.
1: But I think it's interesting that this whole, like its whole thing is that it uses toxins in its body to make potions and it mumbles curses. This thing is basically an apothecary, basically a pharmacist before pharmacy was a thing, but more of a magical one. In this case, the Celts, did have systems of mysticism. And we don't know much about them. And what we do know, I'm not going to tell you guys, because most of it comes from the Romans. You know, the most biased group of people when talking about the Celts there is. Yeah. They were literally the enemies. We don't, like, they said, oh, the Celts had human sacrifices. This is how we must wipe them out. And that was one of their bases for starting wars with them. But again, that could have just been easily propaganda. There have been discoveries of bones that have had the flesh stripped away. But finding one body could mean that it was just one crazy guy, because there's always a crazy guy in whatever civilization you're in. Or it could have been ritualistic cannibalism or human sacrifice. We don't know. But looking at Slow King's dead eyes, I think that this thing would totally be down for human sacrifice. It's why it's not on my team, and it's not in my box. I don't want it. It's gross.
2: Oh, it's a remorseless murderer. And now that we've gotten both Slow King and Slowbro, I'm I'm kind of like why did we get these? But that's for a different topic. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're cool. They're cool, but I don't know. I'm not feeling either of them.
1: I wish we had gotten a like Tail and Gorbis instead.
2: Like this, if you're going for like duos. It just felt very random as to why it was like this one that they were like, "Yes, we will give you special forms." Give the people what they want, new forms of slowpoke evolutions.
1: Yes, that's the only thing we desire. Nothing else could possibly be wanted.
2: I apologize to all the slowpoke fans I've insulted.
1: Oh, they're slowpoke fans. They'll probably pick this episode up three months from now. They'll get it eventually.
0: As a slowpoke fan, I'm just realizing things.
2: <laughs> the, the biggest thing to talk about with the, the Crown Tundra has to be the return of the Kanto birds.
1: When we saw that in the trailers, we lost
0: our minds.
2: I am an Articuno stan.
0: Can we talk about how can we talk about how clean their shiny forms are across the board though? Oh my gosh, yes.
1: Yes. If you haven't seen their shiny forms, it's literally
0: just the it's like the
2: colors of the original one. And they are clean. Yeah. No, the the shiny Articuno in particular for me is
1: that is, might
0: be one of the best shinies in the game.
2: I don't...
1: Shiny hunt. I literally use shinies as bartering tools to get Pokemon that are better at fighting. But I would legit collect these shinies if I... The second I can collect them
2: legitimately, I want them. Because they're awesome. They look so cool. I struggled to catch Articuno, like, as is. So I w- didn't bother shiny hunting it. Yeah. Did any of you guys have trouble catching these birds? I went through a lot of Ultra Balls. they are annoying. wings. I... Didn't have any problem catching them, but – uh, well, I didn't even have problems finding – the only one I had problems finding was Articuno. Oh, yeah, that one. just Oh, hi. Climb
1: this mountain. Yeah, that was a nuisance. But let's talk about Zapdos first because Zapdos is my favorite of them. I know everyone has their own thing, but Zapdos – oh, my lord. Zapdos is thick. Oh, yeah. I I literally call my Zapdos Master. That's his nickname. That's pretty spot on. Yeah, I mean, he just goes. I feel he's also the funniest to watch people catch on like YouTube. You always watch the people like trying to chase him on the bike in the wild area. And he's just running around. And I imagine he's just making some dumb like just Zapdos is making the same like meep meep and just running away because it's a roadrunner. I mean, for the most part, that thing is a roadrunner. And if you don't know anything about Roadrunners, aside from the Looney Tune cartoons, Roadrunners are pretty common out west. You have to go and be a little cautious when looking for them because they can run up to 25 miles per hour, which means that if you see them and they see you, they're gone. Uh, they typically do feed on small animals like um, lizards, mice, and they are one of the only ones that can feed on venomous snakes. Because they bash them.
2: I watched a lot of videos researching this, finding... Uh, roadrunners bashing snakes heads on the ground and it is merciless have you seen zapdos eyes it
1: clearly does that for fun like it's just like oh wow a sanaconda wham
2: that's why i stopped seeing sandacondas in the <laughs> wild area you yeah, oh they strangely disappeared huh, odd that would have been such a low-key, like, brilliant touch, is once the birds were loose, Sandaconda just disappears from the wild area until you catch Zapdos. All
1: the Rattatas and Rattacates do it, too. Like, huh, why are all the small mammals and snakes gone? Oh, hey, Zapdos. And Zapdos is in the corner, just, like, bashing a uh, Sandaconda. <laughs> <laughs> the last Sandaconda, and it looks at you, and it just hits it one more time. Oh, no. Now, I will point out the sad news that ruined my childhood. Technically, coyotes can run twice as fast as a roadrunner. So all those cartoons
2: lied to me as a child. Wiley was just out of shape, dude. He didn't go to the gym. Lucas, we need to have some words, though. Okay, come on, bring it. So I'm not going to dispute that it looks like a roadrunner and it runs like a roadrunner. But roadrunners don't kick. As far as I know,
1: you can, you can tell me wrong. No, they, they're more for the stepping and holding versus the kicking. I mean, the leg-wise, it's got the thick legs, and I'm saying thick with two Cs here, the thick legs of an ostrich. I will give you that. One of the cool things about ostriches is that they are their legs are completely featherless as a way of just trying to radiate off some of that heat they generate. So could it have the legs of an ostrich? Maybe. It could have been like that idea of combining the two. But as far as its face, its beak, its running style, it is dead on a roadrunner. Could it have some ostrich features to try and make it look a little bit more terrifying? Yeah, I could totally see that. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I would give it a
2: 75, uh, an 80-20 split. I'm okay with that split. I just like, the thunderous kick, I'm like, that's an ostrich thing. Like, they will mess you up.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm scared of ostriches.
1: I, I've worked with them. Honestly, the thing that scares me the most is how aggressively they eat. Like, they literally attack anything you give them Like it's tr- like they're trying to murder it. It, it's it's fun and cute from a distance, but not so much up close. Uh, it, it is a bummer. You don't want to be around a male ostrich in heat. It's not fun. They're not fun. Do you want to be around any animal in heat? No, but I mean, like, I don't... If I have to be around an animal that's in heat if I'm forced to it, I'd rather it be like a, a mouse or something that I can, like, kick out of the way if it tries to get too crazy with me. Anywho, uh,
2: the next bird, uh, Moltres. What did you guys think of this design? Well, design-wise... I think it looks awesome. I love and the, the colors and the way that, you know, its wings kind of shimmer. Like, I think it's designed beautifully. Yeah, I, I honestly think it looks like it. it's the edgiest of all of the three
1: to me. Like, I feel like the, the, the former scene kid who's all grown up is like seeing flashbacks of his youth. That legit, it's it's. Feather pattern looks exactly like the hair of the kids who hung out inside the bell building back in my old high school. It looks like the bird that was too cool for me in high school, but uh, I when I was researching this thing, I knew I had seen that beak before, and I've seen it every day of my life, even getting to this country. It's a cormorant it's a giant evil cormorant that doesn't go fishing. Is that the same as cromorant? Yeah, it's the same kind of thing. Whoa, black Betty, Cramorant. <laughs> okay now we need like instead of a a howdy counter we need a dawn singing counter and just have that next to it it's all bad (laughs) hi welcome to the science of pokemon this is dawn it's all bad (laughs) okay so cormorants are all over the world they're in asia they're in europe they're in the americas Uh, they are a very good bird to have around in terms of just how well they are at fishing Uh, they are related to pelicans uh and but they cannot burn your soul to ash i've checked Uh, They are not capable of doing that. I think that's oddly terrifying. It's like, oh, Moltres can't learn any fire moves. Oh, thank God. No, he can just burn your soul. Wait, what? Verifiable fact. Cormorants don't burn your soul. I mean, if you look into the eyes of a pelican, like I've met some there. I've been chased by a pelican. I've been attacked by a pelican. There is no
0: sympathy in the eyes of a pelican. They only (laughs) want death. (laughs) It's it's.
1: It's literally them, Oh, if you listen to the sound going on in their brain, it's literally a non-stop album of Rage Against the Machine, like just constantly playing. Now, apparently, there's some myth to the cormorant I did not know
2: about. Chris? I tried to find some kind of mythological tie or folklore tie with all the legendary birds, because that's what I like to do. Uh, I could not find one for Zapdos. I'm still looking. If anyone does happen to know one, please hit us up on social media. Uh, But one of the ones that I did find for Moltres uh, and and Cormorants is the Liverbird. You might be familiar with the city it's associated with, which is Liverpool. Liverpool. Oh, hey, we learned something. So the liver bird in uh, in its mythos is it's kind of like a hybrid between an eagle and a cormorant. And there's just, there's a lot of uncertainty about how it like actually came about, but the city adopted it as its symbol. And there's actually two cormorant statues in Liverpool and they face away from each other. There's a male and a female, the female faces out to the sea and the male faces inward to the city. And according to the the city legend, the female looking out to the sea is watching over the sailors. The male is watching over the looking over the city, watching over the sailors' families. There's apparently also a joke that the male is looking out into the city to see if the pubs are open, but they are all chained down. And according to the legend, if if they were to mate and fly away, the city would fail. So when I was looking into this, I kept seeing the words that uh, originally the cor- the the liver bird haunted the shoreline, and I couldn't really figure out why or or, this did not seem like a malicious bird in Moltres is called like the malevolent Pokemon and so I kept trying to find a tie and Lucas we've been talking about it but can you explain kind of the relationship between cormorants and people
1: yeah it depends on where you are on the planet but typically fishermen hate anything that takes your food and dinner from you and cormorants are great fish eating birds I've
0: actually had several experiences um in the Florida Keys, specifically spearfishing with cormorants, and I'm a big fan of them. Um, there was one cormorant I remember. I was near Duck Key, and I would I would dive to go look for fish, and I looked just to my right, and like two feet away, there was a cormorant that was following me down, and he was checking like the little holes in the rock that I was like not checking because his idea of a good fish was smaller than mine, and uh, I just dove with this cormorant for like probably like an hour. It was it was pretty awesome.
2: That sounds like a very spiritual event.
0: I actually shot a grunt just to feed to him. I think that made us bond. And there it is. (laughs) There's the drop. (laughs) It was really cool. I think they're an awesome bird. But other fishermen haven't. Throughout
1: history, people have hunted things, even to this day, where some people will kill dolphins because they think that they're going to be taking away their fish supply. So people have work differently with cormorants around the world. In Asia, they are trained to have a ring around their neck, and it closes up that ring anytime they try and get a big enough fish. So it is pretty cruel to animals, but it is efficient in getting the food. Not saying it's right. I'm just saying they've used, they found a way to use the bird to their advantage and their hunting ability to their advantage. The cormorant still gets to feed, but it only feeds on smaller fish. That being said, tying anything around any animal's neck and then tightening the hole is never good in any circumstance
2: i'm pretty sure there are there are some parts of the world where uh like seeing the cormorant is viewed as like bad luck probably tied to the idea that it would for like for fishermen that it's it's eating their supply more than like
0: yeah i i i part i mean i personally here in florida it's like i resent dolphins and many people do if you're fishing and dolphins show up it's like you're screwed
2: yeah because they're way better at hunting fish
0: they're just in the way and and they're trying to rob you too they're jerks
2: but that's why I kept trying to find something that was tying like why Moltres was malevolent. Also, the nicknames make no sense to me because we have Moltres the Malevolent, Articuno the Cruel, and Zapdos the Strong Legs.
1: I'm cruel. I'm malevolent. I have a gym membership.
2: Have you seen my quads? That was the cool little tie uh for for cormorants into into local mythos, which I think I don't know if they intentionally did it, but it's, it exists, which makes me happy.
1: All right, so the last bird we have, Articuno. So there are a couple of different things. I know you found your own myths to it, but um, I, people described its face as an owl, and that makes sense when you read its Pokedex entry. Apparently, this thing's got a pretty decent physical attack because its wings are like blades and can cut through steel. Uh, owls can't cut through steel, but they can cut through the air like butter. Their wings are specifically designed to cut through the air and make no noise. They are silent hunters. You will not hear an owl coming. They will literally, the only sound you're going to hear is the animal they just caught screaming. And there's nothing you can do about it. Owls can't cut through steel yet. Yeah, no, give it enough time. Let the platypus get the power.
2: Has anyone looked into this? Quick, put a UV light over it.
1: (laughs) The whole freezing glare thing, I'm sure there's some myth to it. But if you've ever gotten stared down by an owl, it is not fun. Like, they are legitimately, you will freeze in place for a second. But apparently, there's some myth to that.
2: Yes, this is actually something I believe I've talked about uh, on our podcast before, back in my very first appearance when I was going off about Appleton and Applin. We're going to talk about the cockatrice, which is... Kind of synonymous with another creature you have probably heard of, which is the basilisk. Oh, goody. But cockatrices in particular are two-legged serpent-like creatures with a rooster head. And just like the basilisk, their stare can kill you, uh, petrify you. And so, one, I think looking at Articuno, I see that kind of rooster design. Like, I get the owl look. I can also see the rooster head. But the thing that gets me is the way that it's tail moves. Like it's a very serpentine move to me. And so I, I honestly see more of a cockatrice when I see Articuno and think about it's petrifying. What's it? Wait, is it petrifying glare? Freezing
1: glare, freezing glare.
2: Yeah. When I see Articuno and I think of it's freezing glare, I think of the cockatrice that to me speaks more than any actual creature, any real life creature when i look at it i mean honestly they also say oh it has an opera mask on it it's it honestly looks like an animal mask yes well do you know do you know how you make a or according to lore do you know how a basilisk comes into existence no isn't a rooster lays an egg it's a rooster lays an egg that is incubated by a toad that's right i knew there was a to- i knew there was a toad involved a toad or a snake and then and then this two-legged rooster snake would hatch and stare you down and kill you. Y'all are weird. This is history's
1: weird. Honestly, that covers the birds. I mean, they are they were the showstoppers, but now we gotta get to the op- the second act, the ones that were people, well, I mean,
2: real Real like, quick,
1: who's your favorite bird? Zapdos, man, Thigh master.
0: Don. Okay, that's, this is tough. So Of the OG3, for sure, Zapdos. But now, I don't know. Um,
2: I think Articuno has the best shiny form. I also like Moltres, though. I think it's cool. Articuno's always going to be my favorite, regardless of form, regardless of gen. No doubt. Oh, no doubt. Uh, Now,
1: honestly, the next ones... uh, Let's talk about the Regis, because we got new Regis, and... Out of all the Pokemon we got, these ones
2: have to me the least to do with Scotland and are just there. <laughs> They're very shoehorned in, but I'm not like mad about it. Uh, but they were just like, we need new ones, go. This is here now. So let's
1: go with Reggie Drago. I love its attack, love it to death. Slapped a choice band on it to see what would happen. Sorry, choice scarf. Turned out great. Loved it. Till the misty terrain. That was not fun.
2: And then that ruined your dreams.
1: Yeah, it did. The second that uh, Tapu Fini came to existence, my dreams were dashed. Uh, there's not much to say about Reggie Drago that cannot be said about the other Regis. The Regis are based on a combination of the Titans from Greek mythology and golems from Hebrew mythology. Um, the markings that they have on their face can be reminiscent of the words that need to be carved into a golem in order to make it operate. Uh, but then again, the Titans are the ones who move the continents around. Um, Honestly, this Pokemon, uh, the fact that it has the abilities of dragons, like the whole orb in the middle is similar to the orb carried by Eastern dragons as seen in art and mythology. But this Pokemon was just made to like match the themes of the game. It's just meant to like, "Eh, throw another
2: Reggie in there. But yeah, you had some gripes with it. I had issues with Reggie Drago, which is it's a Dex entry says that it has the powers of every dragon Pokemon. And that is false. Because it does not have any ice moves. It does not have any poison moves. This just feels like a very gross oversight. And I'm, I'm mad about it. Its move pool is rather sad. That is a problem with some of these new Pokemon in general. That their move pool is shallow. I feel like, like, honestly, like, if they were going to this, I wish they leaned into it and made it, like, Mew, where it could learn any move that any dragon Pokemon could learn. And I understand that that would be broken, like, all, like, all get out. But, like, that's, they said it, you know? I mean, it only has a base
1: attack and special attack of 100. Even if it gets the moves, it's not going to be that terrifying.
2: I'm just, I just, like, like, Kirin's a thing. Even in this gen, uh, Eternatus, like, like these are dragons, and it has the, all the powers except for these ones.
1: But let's get to the showstopper—the one that literally shows up on like ten percent of all teams now. Reggie Lecky, the lightning, just the, the little the sp-
2: little pogo stick.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just bouncing. Out. The speed, though, two hundred speed. My lord, Not like that is—that's insanity. Nothing comes close to that. Not even Deoxy's speed form can catch up with that nonsense. Now, according to the decks, this thing has the ability to power all of Galar. So I did some digging. If you compare Galar to the UK, the UK produces over 2,000 terawatts of energy every year. Comparing that to lightning bolts, how many lightning bolts is that? Without looking at the notes. Uh, like 20,000?
2: It's about, hmm,
1: 53.6 million bolts of lightning.
2: Oh, so I was way off. Yeah, it's a lot of power. It ain't fun. This is terrifying. That like, like that, that that like little, that like children are running around catching this thing. And it's basically like this ball of energy that is going to shut down an entire country.
1: I mean another thing it powers it could power the whole country just imagine going near it the the energy output alone I think this falls under the same light as Macargo the second you go near it your skin starts to tingle and then eventually turn to baloney as the energy just courses through you and shuts down your heart like this thing has too much power they say that the rings around it keep that power contained if there's anything that can contain 53.6 million lightning bolts, I still don't want to be around it. If someone said, oh, don't worry, this rubber seal stops all the nuclear waste from leaking out of this plant, it might be a very nice seal. I still don't trust it. I'm leaving. Now, Reggie Lucky and Reggie Drago are, again, they were slapped in. I think they're fun additions. I do want to know what got them banished to Pokemon Scotland.
2: Uh, dude, these must be like the greatest rubber bands in the history of rubber bands. <laughs> oh my Lord. I honestly think what it, I think they should have saved these for like the Pokemon version of Australia and say, oh, this is their prison. They were sent here. <laughs> they were sent here. They're, it is, it is kind of random that they just kind of shoehorn them into it. But I mean, they, we hadn't, when, when did the Regis first come out? Was that Gen 4? Gen
1: 3, Gen 3. And you had to work for them. You
2: had to learn Braille. Oh, my God. That was like
0: the, uh, i remember like, Reggie, I usually had to stand still for two minutes.
1: Mm-hmm. You had to have a waylord and a relicant. And it was like, oh, my God. Now these kids can just whistle and it opens a door. I appreciated how simple yet kind of challenging the riddles were. Yeah, The whistle thing was like, oh, I just pressed this button. Okay, thank you. All right, let's get to the the final, the king of kings, apparently, the king Pokemon. We got to talk about Calyrex and his uh, and his merry band of horses.
0: Oh, the nerd deer. Yeah, he's a big nerd.
1: He gave me, um, okay, so spoilers. If, if you're already into this, you probably don't care about spoilers, but he gave me mad Akira vibes when he started floating around like that and taking over brains. Like, that was terrifying.
2: Oh, so when we did the uh, the making around episode, Lucas, mm-hmm. and we talked about how scary Oranguru was because it can, like, control other Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, this is another level. Yeah, this is where,
1: this is instead of, like, ordering them around, it's like, yeah, your brain is mine, and I'm going
2: to make you fly. Like, oh, my lord. At least he is seemingly benevolent, because if this was, like, Giratina vibes, this would be a terrible ending.
1: Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised the town folk are even still alive after not worshipping this thing. I'm surprised we didn't find a bunch of people dancing like me. we've been dancing for hundreds of years. He won't stop. Uh so Calrex, it's literally in the name, it rex, king. So he it's literally in his name in the English that he is a king.
2: He is based on well, either and, and what is what is uh Cali then? Like king of what?
1: Uh Cali, bud. Yeah, it means Bud, like plant bud, apparently.
2: So, it makes sense that it's... Also, in Irish baby names, Cali means slender. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: so we know that it either means slender king or plant king, and both work for this thing, given that it's apparently able to grow crops in a tundra. Which, I gotta say, any being, human or Pokemon, that can grow crops in the tundra is worth a crown. It's worth being king. That's awesome. Now, it's either based on the arctic hair... Or the giant stags that used to roam Europe, both work. I can see both of them in there, but I really do hope it's the stag because that, like, just seeing that massive head, the antlers moving up, I think that's really, really cool. I get,
2: I get more hair vibes from it though, like with the color scheme. Yeah, with the nose and the color
1: scheme, I get where it's coming from, but I really see a little bit of that. I
2: always always saw it as a deer,
0: but I do see the hair vibes now that you say it.
1: Yeah, when you look at it again. Apparently, this thing ruled over Galar over the ancient times, brought prosperity, uh, and that's actually pretty common in storytelling. If you go back to the stories of King Arthur, if you go back to the stories during the um, Germanic invasion, you start seeing those mix of German stories and Britain stories coming together, and they talk about kings. They talk about kings who would come and bring peace and prosperity to the land. This story is as old as the Bible where King David first came about. Whenever humans have ever wanted to feel safe in ancient times, they would ask for a king. They would ask for a leader that could bring them safety and food and shelter. Because that's all any of us want. And I think that's really cool that they kind of put that mythos in it. Like This king wasn't a tyrant He was seen like the old version of kings were, as someone benevolent, as a protector, someone who would keep you safe. Uh, Typically, uh, kings were thought to have been sent by God or spirit. That's why people had the idea that if you were uh, a royal, you were born to rule. There was just this divine presence that you were supposed to be able to rule the nation. Ended horribly, because that's not how that works. But I mean, it still was something that people believed in for a very long time. And some people still do believe it. Now, I think it is also interesting from a story perspective in the lore, the meteor that was going to wipe out all of Galar, like the whole Eternus, uh, while the dogs were fighting it, uh, Calyrex was saving the entire area and keeping it safe from damage. I think that's really cool and showing what kind of Pokemon this is. He's not really a fighter. He's
2: a protector. Wait, I missed that. When did that happen?
1: So, like, you know how in the Pokemon lore, like, it talks about when Eternius was going to come and wreck everything? So, apparently, in the Pokedex, it mentioned how it moved a forest overnight and also, like, kept them safe from damage. I think that's in reference to that meteor, that oh, that to Eternius wiping everybody out.
2: Oh, like, okay.
1: Now, the thing that surprised anybody who wasn't a data leaker was he got we got two new Pokemon out of the deal. So, we got Glaceteer and Spectrier. And those two horses, what are your thoughts on the horses from a battle perspective, Don? I don't, I don't, I, I, you know what I think. Okay, so
0: Ghost Horse is very fast, which is nice, but its move pool is like, there isn't one. Ice Horse is sick. It's basically got Moxie with a different name. And its move pool is fantastic. I think Ice Horse is great. Ghost Horse is like, can be scary, but is also not scary.
2: But big number. I mean, based on the names, we know these things were made to fight because the the end of it, the striae, obviously is destriae, which is a war horse.
1: Yeah, that's
0: yeah, a, yeah
1: they are literally meant for combat. And apparently both of them were wrecking the tundra before Calyrex showed up, but one was doing worse than the other. So uh, let's go with the ice horse first. So Glacier, um, I believe it's a reference to white horses in Celtic symbolism. So there wasn't a specific... Ice horse in mythology, but the idea of a white horse is very much present in some of the uh, mythos of the Celts. So people believe that the white horse it meant spirit, it meant spirituality and purity, and it symbolized light, goodness, power, wealth, and freedom. So when you saw a white horse, we still have this symbol today. Remember the Lord of the Rings when you see Gandalf riding in on the white horse. Whenever we even have the saying, "Oh, someone's going to ride in on a white horse," we symbolize it as something good. And light.
2: It's also a great Taylor Swift song. It is a good song.
0: Yeah, see, Don's with me.
1: (laughs) But, But what's really cool to me is that, on the other hand, they knew that you should not tick off a white horse. Apparently, they also recognized that you don't want to cross them because if you incur their wrath, you are probably incurring the wrath of some kind of deity in it that might have taken that shape. There are thoughts that gods would take the forms of white horses, and then if you ticked it off, well, now you have a deity that wants to rip your head off or kick you until you die. Either way, not fun. But I honestly, with its lack of speed, I kind of think of it almost like a Clydesdale. Like, I know we already have a Clydesdale and Mudsdale, but, like, I think of it as one of those bigger horses. Like, it's not meant to run okay, across uh, the it is
0: the, Is the Friesian the big horse?
1: Yeah, that's a big horse. I'll give him that. That, that is
0: So it's like Friesian, Freezing, Ice Horse.
1: There we go. We found that. And <laughs> even in the notes. Now, on to the Ghost Horse with the big number. My favorite. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, it is an edgy horse. But you guys saw what it's I was doing with It's basically
0: like it. you have Shadow Ball and Dark World's. Those are your moves. <laughs>
1: uh uh-uh, uh, you got mud shot when you dynamax that earth pa- Trust me, when you get that big number, that metagross. <laughs>
0: it's still bad. It's not killing metagross any better. You, you have max ghost for metagross.
1: But then you also have the incineroars and you can still kill them with the mud shot. There's big number. Can you even kill an incineroar with that mud shot? Yeah, I can. I've done
0: it. Big number. I feel like careful incin wins. <laughs> uh, but big number. <laughs> but big number, <laughs> big number.
1: it's uh, it's literally honestly at some point i'm going to upload a video of me playing on on our Twitter uh, just so you guys understand big number <laughs> all right so um specteria i looked into mythology and i was able to find a direct reference to what i think it is anacolavi so anacolavi is from scottish lore It was around during the 16th century in the mindset of people. It's thought to be a half-person, half-horse demon that rides across the land and it kills crops and poisons livestock. In the Pokedex entry, we talk about how this thing is by far one of the most terrifying things to crops because it will literally suck the life out of anything near it. So it is literally a zombie ghost horse that's half-demon.
0: That's pretty sweet,
1: though. I mean, it belongs on a metal cover. It doesn't belong on, like, the a Pokemon game. I mean, again, these are Pokemon that no one really expected to get, again, unless you were a data miner. So it's pretty nice that we actually... I like them. I think they're a new addition. I will find a way to kill this ice horse in one shot. That's literally my goal at this point. I want to kill it in one shot. Meteor <laughs> I, beam, man. I know. I tried that. Specs didn't work. <laughs> Spectorical. Spectacular. I mean, I tried the meteor beam. No, I, I literally used the meteor beam to get the power up. Then I Dynamax and hit it with big rock and that didn't kill it. I was really upset. It's like, why won't you die? But so I've heard, honestly, I've heard of the Witcher 3 and I've heard of the Wild Hunt. Chris, what on earth
2: is a Wild Hunt? The Wild Hunt is a folklore motif that Uh, exists across lots of different cultures Uh, you can see it in Germanic uh, in Scandinavian obviously in uh, Scottish and and UK Um, but the way that I see it is the entire DLC is kind of a giant wild hunt that's led by Calyrex (laughs) Um, so uh, traditionally according to lore wild hunts are led by kings uh, dead kings. These these are these are you know ghosts, and they are not good. Uh, they often are thought to to be you know omens of of death and war and plague, which does not appear to happen in the game because this is a happy game. But the hunts are made for hunting legendary creatures, and that is what this entire DLC is. Is it is one giant hunt for tracking down all the legendary creatures that have ever been released. In any Pokemon game, it is 100% a wild hunt led by Calyrex, the Slender King, as I call him, because it's spookier.
1: Dang, if I didn't know your mic was so expensive, I'd tell you to drop it because that's awesome.
2: I've also been working on a theory that uh, you died in the Isle of Armor and now you are a part of the wild hunt as a spirit, (laughs) but that's that's a different podcast.
1: No, we're not dead. We're not dead. On that note, though, I think we've run pretty much through all our Pokemon, and we've been at this a while. Let's go ahead and wrap up. All right, so I do want to, before we do anything else, shout out to Chelsea, our newest patron. Thank you so much for your contribution. You rock. Chelsea,
0: you are a majestic and glorious creature. I, I deeply appreciate your patronage. (laughs)
1: Uh, thank you again to all our patrons for doing this we'll try and keep putting out more patron content so that way you guys can get your bang for your buck obviously we aren't able to go out to conventions as of yet but all your contributions are being saved up so that way we have a chance to travel around and actually go meet you guys face to face well face to mask to mask to face eventually so hopefully we'll see you guys soon
0: Hopefully one day face-to-face, but for now, it'll be mask
1: Yeah, now it's mask. I mean, I'll usually be wearing my Magikarp head when I come back, so it will always be a mask. All right, so I, I do want to thank you guys so much for listening. This was a long episode. We don't do these very often, but we don't get DLC very often, so I think it's a good time to just talk about it. We got so many new Pokemon. It, it's been so fun to just come back. I had a day off, and I was so glad to be able to take it and record it with these two goons. Love you guys. You're awesome
2: yeah it was good to have you back
1: yeah so we'll i'll start back up on the lucas lectures next week we'll try and get some more interviews in before the end of the year
2: uh anything else we want to add boys um no no (laughs) uh i think well we'll talk about it later we're talking deli bird this year right yeah, yes. we'll
1: we we got to talk about we might act we're probably gonna have a Christmas episode. For the first time in three years, we might have a Christmas episode. We'll tell te- talk-
2: we're we're going holidays.
1: Yeah, we might as well I mean everyone else does it. Might as well.
2: We're talking Delibird, we're talking Stantler, we're talking Snover. <laughs> Yeah, there aren't too many other ones
1: than that, but we'll work on it from there. Thank you (laughs) guys
0: so much.
1: (laughs) Have a wonderful rest of your day and night. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Have a
0: good night.